Thank you. Thank you. Appreciate it. <laughs> Good morning. <laughs> you know, I, Chad talked about the fall weather. I love this fall weather too. I live all year long for fall. October is my favorite uh, my favorite month of the year, and so um, because it's our favorite time of year, that's when we go to our favorite place in the world. And uh, we're leaving in two weeks for Montana to go hiking and trout fishing. And I, I worked out there one summer in 1975, and uh, I just pumped gas in a gas station in the park. It was my last summer before I graduated from college. And it was such an adventure. The, the Wild West out there, the Rocky Mountains, the snow-capped peaks, the, uh, the wildlife, the rivers are teeming with trout. And I always love to fish. And so we're headed out there in two weeks, and uh, we have, uh, now that I'm retired, I have more time, and uh, we're, we're going to be out there for two months. So if you don't see us around here, we haven't left the church. Uh, we're, we're in Montana to uh, spend some time uh, with the Lord and hiking and trout fishing, and there's no place that uh, I, I love better than being in church here with you guys than being in the high country in the, the back country of Yellowstone National Park. And we, uh, it's like we've been on all the trails, and so we don't hike the trails anymore. And now we, we may use a trailhead to access the back country, but we actually go off trail. And, and you guys, this is where grizzly bears roam. <laughs> and, and Patty at first, she was like, oh. <laughs> and, uh, but now she's like, you know, we've never had an encounter with a grizzly bear. And uh, we've seen them, and we've seen them from a distance. I've got some great wildlife shots. But it's such an adventure, and we just love it. It's just, it's just something out there that's different. And so that's what's here. That's what's here today. There's something here that is different than a lot of churches that's uh, in the area. And I just celebrate that. You know, there, there really is. And there's something in the air, too, about... And this, I was watching the children, the little children down here and the, the uh, youth that were over here. And you know what I was saying? The kids, they were having so much fun. They had their little banners, and they were jumping around and dancing and worshiping. And uh, it just really blessed me. And, and you guys and the youth, too, your, your hearts are earnest. You're earnestly seeking him. And uh, God's going to, uh, Hebrews eleven six that he is a rewarder of those who diligently seek him, and uh, he is the reward. And so I just encourage you to just continue to press in and lean in. There is no greater quest in life. There is no greater adventure in life than to know God. And the Lord, the Lord has really been putting on our hearts around here uh, about something about, and Chad was mentioning it earlier, just about enjoying God. And how many of you just enjoy him and just enjoy yeah i know there's nothing better is there we just enjoy him i was sharing a story in high school i went to an all-boys military prep school in chattanooga tennessee called macaulay school and i had an athletic scholarship there so it was really expensive they let me in and i barely squeaked by on my grades but it was it was uh different I mean, we had, I had to wear military uniform to class. We had like marching and we had these fake guns, like rifles. And you had to, you had to hold them up and do all the, you know, about face and all that stuff. And 
I, I did not like that stuff. But one thing, I enjoyed the sports and playing ball, but one thing I remember I wanted to share about enjoying God, that in the study hall, there was a big sign above the study hall, uh, like the stage right here, a big sign up above. And it was the Westminster Catechism that said, and it just stuck with me. It said, man's chief end is to glorify God. And y'all know the other part? Enjoy him forever. Enjoy him forever. And if you haven't found a place of joy in him and just enjoying being with him, I just encourage you. There, that, there is that place. It's a secret place in him. You just enjoy being with him and you don't, you don't not want to be. Is that Alabama slang? I, I don't know, but <laughs> I'm from Alabama. You don't, uh, you, you don't want to miss that time of enjoyment with him. So anyway, the, the Lord, um, about a month ago, uh, I was reading through the gospel of uh, Mark and um, he started really challenging me about something. And that's what the message is today. Do we have the, the slides to put up? There we go. He started really challenging me to, uh, about a month ago um, about something that uh, I thought I was doing reasonably well, uh, having eyes to see and having ears to hear his voice. And, uh, and that's what my message is about today. But because hearing his voice, it's the center of everything. It's the most important thing that we can learn to do in our walk with the Lord. There's really, and look, I'm not exaggerating. Um, let me tell you just a couple of quick stories. Um, when I had been single, a single widow for eight years, and I had been really careful uh, and waiting for the right lady, and uh, when when I asked Patty, uh, my sweet wife of 27 years now, when I asked her out on a date, and when we when she opened the door, and I have been praying so earnestly for eight years for a life mate and companion, and when she opened the door, the Lord spoke to my heart, and I just knew that she was the one. And we are so, and we only dated three weeks before I asked her to marry me. <laughs> it was the third date. And hey, the third date, it wasn't even three weeks. The third date was in two weeks. It was Saturday, Saturday, Saturday. And I asked her to marry me. And hey, I'm not that way. I'm, I'm cautious, Mr. Cautious and conservative and, you know, be careful and all that. But it, and, and then we were, we didn't have an eight week engagement. And uh, we were married from, from first date to marriage was 11 weeks. So <laughs> have you ever heard anything like that? I, I hadn't. But, uh, <clears throat> but the Lord um, just really put us together. It's been wonderful. Um, in 2000, and, uh, this is another example of something really important when the Lord spoke to me and I heard his voice. And this one was scary. In 2005 or six, and uh we were doing great uh, financially. We were doing really well. We had two beautiful homes, and they were completely paid for. And we had stocks and bonds and stuff. And you know what the Lord said? He said, "I want you to sell everything." And I said, "What? <laughs> sell everything?" And long story short, we we did it. We obeyed, and we went all to cash. 
And then what happened was the real estate market crashed in 2007, eight and nine. And we, we had all this cash and we were able to buy, we ended up buying 22 uh, rental properties. We paid cash for them. And it was all because the Lord spoke to me and we obeyed. And who would do that? I mean, but you know what? I went to Patty and I said, honey, I think the Lord said to sell everything. You know what she said? Most, a lot of ladies would say, oh, no, no, we can't. But you didn't hear right. She, she said, well, we better do it. And it took us a couple of years to unload the houses. But anyway, we did it. Um, so hearing the Lord's voice is just like the most critical can I say a skill? I, I don't, maybe it's not a skill, but it's like the capacity, the, uh, the ability to hear his voice. And like I said, I, I, at critical times in my life, I felt like I had heard his voice and I obeyed. But uh, the Lord is really challenging us to up our game, that there is a higher level and to lean in to hear his voice better than we ever had before. And we're just going to go through a quick message about that. So uh, you go to the next slide for me. Jesus modeled this. Jesus is perfect theology. And what is it that he modeled? He modeled a lot of wonderful things. But what did he say? He said, I only do what I see my father doing. I only say what I hear my father saying. And so Jesus modeled this thing, and that's for us, that, that we live our lives the same kind of a way. And um, go to the next slide for me, please. Um, and oh yeah, Matthew 13, Jesus said, Blessed are your eyes because they see, your ears because they hear. Our lives are blessed. We are blessed when we have this capacity and that when we obey his voice. So I'm going to just take you on the journey that I went through. I, st I was reading through the Gospel of Mark, and I got to um, chapter 4 and verse 23. And this is where the Lord started speaking to me, and he, he uh, brought it to a crescendo. Uh, verse 23, Mark 4, it says, Anyone with ears to hear should listen and understand. And then he added, this is the important, this is good stuff. He said, pay close attention to what you hear. And here's the important instruction. He said, the closer you listen, the more understanding you will be given, and you will receive even more. And But here's the caution. To those who listen to my teaching, uh, I'm sorry, to those who listen to my teaching, more understanding will be given. But then the caution, but for those who are not listening, even what little understanding they think that they have, it will be taken away. And, and when I read that, uh, it's, you know how sometimes you read a verse a bunch of times and all of a sudden, bam, it jumps out and it's like a, a rhema verse for you. Well, that's what started happening when I read that. And then just a couple of chapters later in uh, Mark chapter 7. I'm sorry, Mark chapter 8. And uh, this is uh, in verse verses uh 32 and 33 
Yeah, verse 32 and 33. So this is the story you guys remember really well. So Jesus was talking about his death and burial and resurrection. And remember when Peter, Peter reprimanded Jesus and said, um, Lord, that can't be so. And remember what Jesus said? He, he said, Peter, uh, you know, get thee behind me, Satan. He said, you are looking, you are seeing things merely from a human point of view. You are not seeing thing, things from God's point of view. So Jesus was really uh, reprimanding Peter here for not having eyes to see. And when I read that part, I was really familiar with the story. But I wasn't, I didn't remember this last part about you, you're not having eyes to see as God sees. And that's what the important lesson was. He was telling me right then, having eyes to see. And how many times have we all that we saw a situation that came into our life and that we didn't see it the way God sees it. We looked at it from a natural point of view. Our immediate first response was the incorrect one. And then we had to sort of metanoia, change our perspective 180 degrees to have the capacity to see it as God sees it, and then your eyes are opened, right? So then just uh, a little bit later, uh, just a few verses later in uh, Mark 9, and, and this is where he really nailed me. <laughs> this, this is the story of the Mount of Transfiguration, and uh, you guys know this story really well too. And, and there's something in here that really uh, hit me again. So uh, Jesus took Peter, James, and John up, up on a mountain on a hike. And I like that part of it. And um, they got up on the mountain, and Jesus just, man, he goes dazzling white, his glory. And uh, the, the, the glory of heaven comes down. And, uh, and what's the first thing Peter, bless his heart, Peter. <laughs> He, he says, Lord, he does, he does what we were talking about this last night at dinner, Michael. Peter's, first thing Peter wants to do is institutionalize and commercialize the thing of God, this encounter with God. He said, let's build three tabernacles. <laughs> so was it in our hearts that want to do that kind of thing? And he wasn't, I mean, how many people would just be on their knees and in awe? And the, the, the cloud came down, uh, the voice of the Lord proclaimed, this is my dearly beloved son in whom I am well pleased. And then this is, the, I remembered all that, but then this last part is what I did not remember. God's, God the Father said, guys, listen to him. Hear his voice. Listen to him. So this is God the Father. Are y'all, are y'all tracking with me? You see, this stuff, and here, here's the thing. I know y'all have heard this probably about a thousand times, and I know that you guys in here are hungry for more. And I love that. And, uh, from the children up to us, us old folks, we're hungry. And the one thing I love about this house is that it's all about enjoying God and pursuing Him and knowing Him. And knowing him in that personal, deep, intimate, profound way. That's what I love about this house. And that's what we need in order to, to have eyes to see and ears to hear. So, um, go to the next slide for me, if you will. Um, so this is what the Lord was showing. I, I, I said, Lord, 
I, I said this a minute ago, but I, I feel like that I've had a reasonable history with you on, you know, hearing your voice and some big things like I, what I just shared with you. And what he told me really clearly that I feel like is for each one of us and for this house. We have entered, do you say that word epoch or epoch? Epoch, is it? Epoch. Okay, we have a difference of opinion. I always said epoch, but some others I've heard call it epoch. It's different than EPIC. EPIC is just uh, something of big magnitude. Epoch, E-P-O-C-H, is something that is like transformational, uh, significant change and that type of thing. We are a, at a time in history of significant change. Anybody feel that and sense it? We do, don't we? Yeah. And so here's what we need uh, going into this season is eyes that see and ears that hear better than we ever have before. It is critical is what I felt. The Lord, when I was, when the Lord was speaking to me about this, it was like it, there was this urgency. And it was like compelling in a, in a way that I just felt was, it was really urgent to his heart that we grasp this, that we lean in and we pursue him. It's our vital necessity in this coming time. So I wanted to talk just a little bit about, and you guys have heard a lot of messages on how to hear the voice of God. I feel like the Lord gave me a couple of uh, fresh things on that. Um, if we can go to the next slide up there. So how to have ears to hear. And next one, um, first of all, you know this, walk in deep communion with Jesus. And Chad referred to this earlier, my sheep know my voice. And walking in deep communion and fellowship is is the only place that you will be able to hear. Well, I shouldn't say it that way because there's except God spoke through a donkey one time, didn't he? <laughs> and um, I, I, sometimes I feel like I'm a donkey, but, <laughs> but he speaks to anybody, but our capacity to hear him for these critical times in life, uh, that we are gonna, that we're coming into, that it's essentially connected to our walk and the depth of our communion and our fellowship with him. So my sheep know my voice, John 10. And let's go to the next one. Okay. Th- this is one that's really near and dear to my heart. We must love his word. And I have to say, well, let me say this first. Um, I was reading a couple of weeks ago, three weeks ago in Revelation 19, and I think it was verse 13. And uh, is that is that up there? Yeah, yeah, Revelation 19, 13. And it said, it is talking about Jesus. It said, and his name is called the word of God. And he is the word. He's the living word. And John 1, 1 and John 1, 14 and all through the first chapter of John, it talks about Jesus being the living word. But this is the thing I want to emphasize with you. Oh, he said, this is what he said to me. Right when I read that verse, he said, son, you cannot love Jesus any more than you love my word. Let that sink in just a second. You can't love Jesus any more than you can love my word. So a lot of us say we love Jesus, but I know a lot of folks who say they love Jesus, but they don't, they're not really 
in a romantic relationship with the Word, if I can put it that way. But God was saying, you, Jesus is the Word. You can't love Him any more than you love the Word. And and I just want to emphasize this too, that um, there's a difference between reading the Word and feasting on the Word. And when you feast on the Word, it <laughs> it becomes inscribed on your heart. It, it, it's, it's in your belly. It, that's when the Word of God transforms your life. And so feasting on the Word is critical, and it's critical to understand the difference between just reading the Word and feasting on the Word where it becomes inscribed on your heart. You know, in Joshua 1, he's, uh, the Lord said, meditate on this Word day and night. Meditate means to you, you eat it like a cow, you swallow it, and a cow will bring up the cud and chew on it some more and extract more nutrition out of it, swallow it again. It goes down into the cow's belly, and he may bring it up again and chew on it some more, extract some more nutrition. That's that's what meditating really means. And so that may be a little bit of a, I don't know, is that a good example? <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> but you, you get what I mean. And to meditate on his word is to chew on it and feast on it and allow it to be inscribed on your heart where it fills your belly. It's going to be critical in the times that are ahead. And then uh, next point, be childlike. This is a, a fresh one that I felt, uh, yeah, yes, be childlike. Uh, what is that, Luke 10? Um, can y'all see it? I, oh, yeah, I can see it from here. <laughs> Let me, I'm sorry to turn my back on you. <laughs> Thank you for hiding these things from those who think themselves wise and clever and for revealing them to the childlike. So it, God, reveal, God speaks to those of us who have a childlike heart. And like I said, I love seeing the children down here, and they're, they're having fun in church. They're enjoying church, and to me, that, that's just, it just really, really blesses me. It's so important for the children to be able to enjoy coming to church. But that childlike heart is just a humble posture, right? And so with a child, I don't know about you guys, but when I was a child and my, my dad spoke something, it was like a voice of thunder, <laughs> wasn't it? And so I think that's what the Lord means here to have a childlike heart is that when our father speaks, it's like a voice of thunder. It reverberates in our inner being and it, it profoundly impacts us. So that's what being childlike is about and being able to hear the voice of God. And let's go to the next one. Sitting at his feet. Oh, I love this story. Y'all know the story of Mary and Martha. <clears throat> Martha was busy preparing lunch. She, I think Bill Johnson said it. She was making sandwiches that Jesus didn't order. <laughs> and, and, and where was Mary? <clears throat> she was sitting at his feet in this wonderful posture of humility. And so, and she was listening to his words. She was treasuring what Jesus had to say. She was, she wasn't distracted by all the other stuff going on. She was sitting at his feet, listening with an open heart, treasuring like a pearl of great price the words that Jesus was sharing with her at that time. So, um, sitting at his feet 
And that posture of humility and having open ears and just saying, uh, like um, Samuel said, uh, here I am, Lord, uh, your servant is listening. Speak for your servant is listening. And then the last one, he, heed his voice. So hearing his voice and heeding his voice are two different things. I, I know I've made a lot of mistakes I, I, that I heard something, ah, that can't be, that can't be God. Or was that really him? And it was really subtle and that kind of thing. But to heed his voice is to hearken and to obey. And man, if you ever read the book of Deuteronomy, I, I don't know, it says it in there a hundred times that he who hears and obeys, he who hears and obeys. And so, I used this verse a little bit before, but those who listen to my teaching, more understanding will be given. So as we listen and as we heed, we will gain more understanding. That's a supernatural from glory to glory thing that happens in our lives. Um, is there is there another slide? I think that may be the last one. Yeah, that's it. Okay, so... Let me just wrap it up and uh, just encourage you and um, uh, urge you that we ha- we're not entering. We have entered this epoch season. It's a time of a lot of change. C- can you believe the America that we live in today? I, I just the stuff that's going on. I mean, I'm scratching my bald head, and it's like I can't believe this stuff. Teaching first and second graders about you know confusing their gender and stuff—it's just—it's just evil. And this is an epoch season that I just sense a strong urgency from the Father's heart that to lean into His voice, to have eyes to see, ears to hear, and hearts that will uh, understand his heart and will obey him and follow him in all that we do. So that's my message this morning. And uh, you know, thanks. Well, let, me, let me pray. Let me pray first. Yeah. Um, Father, we, we, we love you. We love you, Lord. We, we, we treasure your every word. Your words are like pearls of great price. Um, And so, Father, we just pray and I just declare over this house for eyes to see and ears to hear and hearts to understand what you are doing and saying, not only in our personal lives, but in this house. And, Father, may we glorify you and enjoy you forever. Amen. Yeah, amen. Can we give Mike a hand this morning? That's awesome. I want us to have about five to seven minutes of table time. I've got one question for you. Talk it out with whoever's at your table. You know, sometimes people get a little nervous talking. That's okay. Just go for it. God will help you. Uh, everything, pretty much everything in life that you're growing in, you can measure. I've noticed over the past year that my blood pressure is getting healthier by the month. I take it one time a month. It's because I made some changes in my life. Some of you, you hear the term enjoying God, and it's like, uh, enjoying God. We're not all on the same metric of where we're at and our ability to enjoy God, because some people are like, I'm not so sure that he likes me. I see the worst of myself. 
I'm just curious where you think you are on that metric of enjoying God. Because if you don't know his kindness and his grace and his desire to heal and his, him not being threatened by your mess, you may not be excited about enjoying God. So here's, here's the question. Where are you at on the journey of you? Not your spouse, not your kids. Does that make you flinch when you hear enjoy God? Where are you on the metric, on the journey of you enjoying God? Talk it out. Talk it out at your table. Where are you at on that journey? 